today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You start off well-intentioned. I want to read the whole Bible in a year. You start off, you're doing great, January 1st. Well, it's New Year's Day. You got the day off. Why not? That works. January 2nd. You know, in a hurry, but okay, I got got January 3rd. Ah! And then you get behind. January 7th. Maybe next year. Ah, right? He will do it. How are you doing living out the Christian life? Good? No struggles? Well, Pastor J.D. will continue going through the checklist of things we need to get in order found in this passage in Titus. It'll give us some really good news. God is the one who will do it in us by His Spirit. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Titus chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. You know, early in my Christian life, oh my goodness, I tried in my own strength In my own efforts, I would make commitments and promises and vows. Oh, God. Just like that, too. I put reverb into it because it's more holy that way. I vow to you, you know. And it's just like I I can almost picture my loving Heavenly Father in Heaven going, don't do that again, because you're going to do that again. I mean, isn't it true, especially the beginning of the year, we make those resolutions. Yeah. What a joke. (laughs) If you're anything like me, I think it's about January 3rd now, where you just, you blew it. Here's one. (laughs) In fact, I was talking with somebody about this the other day. Boy, the enemy will use this to heap condemnation on you. You start off well-intentioned. I want to read the whole Bible in a year. You start off, you're doing great, January 1st. Well, it's New Year's Day. You got the day off. Why not? That works. January 2nd. You know, in a hurry, but okay, I got got January 3rd. Ah! And then you get behind. January 7th, maybe next year. Ah, Right? He will do it. I've heard it this way. It's called the three-step approach. Step one, realize you can't. Step two, know he can. Step three, you ready for it? Wait for it. Let him. Let him do it. He doesn't need your help. It's almost like I can hear the Lord say to me, you want to help me? That's adorable. (laughs) You know, like when your kids are young, right? They want to help you. Hey, Baba, can I? I remember when our boys were young. Baba, can I help you? I'm like, you're so sneaking cute. Okay, fine. I know I have just sentenced myself to about six, seven hours to undo what they did trying to help me. It was cute. Got some pictures out of it. It's almost like, you know, the Lord saying, you want to help me? Don't help me. Because yeah, you're going to get in my way. 
let me have thine own way. Because <laughs> I'm the Lord, and I do it. And even if you wanted to do it, you can't do it anyway. It has to be the Holy Spirit of God that sanctifies you through and through and makes your whole spirit, soul, and body to be kept blameless. It's called sanctification. The second one. Now, some of your translations render it the husband of one wife. And this has led to much debate amongst Bible commentators. It really carries with it the idea of being a one-woman man, not a womanizer. And to me, it speaks to having one's marriage in order, especially in these last days. I want to draw your attention to Ephesians 5.21. Not 22. Don't turn to verse 22. 21. Because 21 comes before verse 22. (laughs) You know what's in verse 22. I don't have to tell you. Wives, submit to your husbands. There. Now you don't have to look it up. I want to talk to you about the verse before that one. Verse 21. Oh, guys don't like to, you know, they just read real real fast, read through, and then get to verse 22. No, 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 not so fast. Why? Because verse 21, Paul, to the husband and the wife says, Submit to one another. What? I ain't submitting to her. I'm the man of the house. I wear the pants in the family. Cool. She's going to tell you what pair of pants to wear. (laughs) But um, he doesn't just, (laughs) this is not supposed to be a teaching on marriage, but he doesn't just stop there, submit to one another. He expounds on it as to why submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. When you have a husband and a wife whose marriage is in order and they're submitting out of reverence to Christ, one to the other, that's a wonderful marriage. Marriage can be heaven on earth or it can be hell on earth. And it needs not be the latter. Now let's talk about children. Oh, why are you responding like that? (laughs) Listen, believe you me, I I would love to skip over this one and go on, but we cannot get away with that. Children are not wild and disobedient. Oh my. Oh dear. Here's the thing, parents, when it comes to having our house in order, one of the things I'm learning as a parent, I don't say I've learned it, That would be disingenuous. I'm always learning. You know, before you had children, you were the perfect parent, right? You read all the books. You're like, man, I got this. And your first child is born. You're like, what? You're throwing those books in the rubbish. You realize, I know nothing about parenting. Then the second child comes along and you realize, I know absolutely nothing about parenting. But here's one of the things I'm learning about parenting. We as parents must earn the respect of our children. It's something that's earned. 
and it's sacred. And when we earn the respect of our children, it lends itself to their obedience. Stay with me on this. I'll use myself as an example. I'll take one for the team. (laughs) There have been times in my parenting where I've had to humble myself and go to my children and ask for their forgiveness. And unbeknownst to me at the time, it had such a powerful impact on them from that time on. And they oftentimes remind me of that. And the reason I had to go to them and ask them to forgive me is because of the fourth one on our checklist. And it's that of not being overbearing. This has to do with having our house in order with a benevolent leadership, not an overbearing dictatorship. Ephesians 6. You might want to stick around in Ephesians 6. We're going to be there a little bit longer. This one, verses 1 through 4, Ephesians 6. Parents, we love the first part of this until we get to verse 4, and then that's another verse we just kind of read over real fast. But verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Yeah. For this is right. Yes. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Actually, it's the only of the Ten Commandments that has any grace. All of the other nine commandments are, Thou shalt not, in the day that thou doest it, thou shalt surely die. And then you get to the fifth commandment, which my mother and father made me memorize. Honor thy father and thy mother, so that the days upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee may be long. See, I can still remember all these years later. Isn't that interesting? The number five, the number of grace, the fifth commandment is the only commandment that has any grace. What's the promise? Where's the grace? Well, if you honor your father and mother, verse 3, it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. And don't imagine this as, man, if I honor my father and my mother, I'm going to live to be 180 years old. And it has with it the idea of a fulfilling life, a blessed life. But then there's verse 4. My children memorized this verse. (laughs) Sounds like yours did too. Fathers... Do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord, the fear and the admonition of the Lord. I'll tell you, sadly, (laughs) how many times in my frustration did I exasperate my children? I mean, just frustrate them to no end. Well, I'm getting really convicted, so we're going to move on to number five. (laughs) Of course, this is convicting too. I'm busted on all 14. In fact, I could add to the list of my own, but not quick-tempered, not having a short fuse. This speaks to controlling one's anger. 
bringing it under the control of and have it be tempered by the Holy Spirit in how we conduct ourselves. And getting back to Ephesians, this time in chapter 4, verses 26 and 27, this should send chills up and down anyone's spine when it comes to anger. Paul writes, in your anger, do not sin. And here's why. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Did you catch that? So let me see if I've got this straight. In my anger, I can sin, and in so doing, I basically give the devil an open blank signed check to fill in the amount as he wishes. That's what he's saying. I've uh, opened the door, now Satan has his foot in the door, and my anger opened that door, and now you can write the next chapter in that book. Number six, not given to drunkenness. One whose house is in order is not playing around and partying, especially now. Are you kidding me? With everything that's happening in the world? It's been said that the world is not a playground, it's a battleground. Problem is that we talked about this Thursday night. This is one of the dangers of abundance and having it too good for too long. You forget the Lord and you're given over to hedonism and the pursuit of worldly pleasures. I'm going to tie this one together with number seven, which is to not be violent. Now this speaks to being considerate and gentle, not mean, not abusive in the physical sense, certainly, but I would argue even more importantly, in the verbal sense. Being verbally abusive in the way that you speak to people. Having a short fuse, being verbally abusive, I'll tell you, it does a lot of damage at a time and period in human history when we need to get our house in order. Listen to what Paul wrote to the church in Rome in chapter 13. I'll read verses 11 through 14. He says, and do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy, rather Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. 
You walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know, as a young believer, I never could quite wrap my mind around what that really looked like. What does that mean? Walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, the Lord, as He's always so faithful to, really ministered to me what that really means. I see it like this, and I say it like this, and I teach it like this. Be so busy in the Spirit, you don't have time for the flesh. You're so full of the Spirit, you don't even have an appetite for the flesh. Best illustration. If you have a better one, let me know, but this is the one I have. But it's a food illustration. I love food illustrations, because I love food. So here's the illustration, right? You invite me over for dinner, and on the way over to your home for dinner, I drive by Taco Bell. It's a weakness. I've confessed this. The Lord, yeah, the twelve pack uh, tacos. Um, they have a variety pack too. With the, and the drive-through, it's so convenient and. Of course, when I'm on my way to your place, there's nobody in line. So it's kind of like, I hear this voice, JD, oh, and I give in, and I go through the drive-thru, and I woof down 12 tacos, burritos supreme, chalupa, <laughs> that's, that's enough, that's enough. And then I show up at your place, and here you have made this, I mean, unbelievable, magnificent, delicious dinner. And here I am. <laughs> I am so full. I can't eat another bite. Not even if it's a taco. Get where I'm going with this. Let's flip it around. I go to your house for dinner, and I have a wonderful dinner. And I mean, it was such a blessing, the fellowship and the food and the fun. And then I drive home, and I drive by Taco Bell. It doesn't have to whisper. It can, JD, hello! I'm like, no need. I'm full of the Spirit. I have no appetite for the flesh. It's not even a temptation. I mean, it's a temptation before, after. No, I'm full of the Spirit. I'm walking in the Spirit. I'm living by the Spirit. I'm not going to fulfill the Taco Bell flesh, if I can just say it like that. You get the point. That's what Paul's saying here. You know, we've been invited to a dinner, the wedding supper of the Lamb. It's going to be a feast and a celebration. Let's not fill ourselves up with the things of the world, the fleshly appetites. Cam okay, really still convicted, so let's see if we can find something. Oh, maybe a little bit of a breeder here, number eight, not pursuing dishonest gain. 
You know what this speaks to? It speaks to the integrity of our financial affairs and our attitude towards money. This is a biggie. The late Larry Burkett, founder of Christian Financial Concepts, used to say it like this. You can tell a person's spiritual condition by the way they handle money. Money is a spiritual barometer. The way you, your attitude towards money, the way you handle money, says a lot about you. First Timothy chapter 6, one of the most misquoted verses in all of the Bible. I want to read beginning in verse 6 through verse 10. Paul says, now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. True that. That's not in the original, that's in the JDV. (laughs) And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. And verse 10, here it is. For the love of money, not money, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. I think about this with what's going on in the world right now, and we like to say it like, hey, it's all going to burn. Can't take it with you. What is it about us that doesn't actually believe that and live like that? you would think that somehow we're going to be able to accumulate and take with us that which we accumulate here on earth. It means nothing. It means nothing. How many people on their deathbed, having amassed great amounts of wealth, would gladly give it all away? because it can do nothing for them. What shall it profit a man who gains the whole world but loses his own soul? You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from Titus with Pastor J.D., approach each piece of wisdom prayerfully and ask God to show you how you can apply what you learn to your own life. He can and does teach you through His Word, so keep reading, even on your own. If you're not already part of a local church that you can call home, we encourage you to find and begin regularly attending one in your area. And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also find more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates and the ABCs of salvation. 
This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Titus together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know how we can be doing that for you? Just fill out the contact form that you'll find under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Or come find us on social media. There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth, verse-by-verse study of Titus, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Keeping me right with your will, holding me true.